0: Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. <laughs> so this is how this podcast first starts starts—is laughing. <laughs> uh, but welcome to, welcome to Shelf Logic. Uh, my name is Nicholas. Hi, my name is Travis. Uh, and we, <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're going to be talking today about uh, Ready Player One and Ready Player Two. And uh, we, we have thoughts. Yeah, a lot, a lot of thoughts. We're going to attempt to talk about... Uh, these without devolving into. We've already had a couple conversations about these, and they they mostly devolve into a wh- what <laughs> kind of like Why? an yeah. exasperated sigh, yeah, just kind of a uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> which really okay. Before we get started, I, I feel like you have kind of strong opinion. You, your opinion has shifted as My, you've read yes. them. So right, what's I've, your experience? So i read books multiple times usually and ready player one is like the popcorniest book i think i've ever read in my entire <laughs> life um and the first time i read it i was like this is awesome it's, it's such a like fun adventure story no deep meanings anything like that i read it a couple more times because it's, it's like comfort food but a book and then the more i read it and thought about it i thought this book's kind of problematic for like a lot of reasons that maybe in the hands of a better writer you could kind of go off that you know oh he's inverting these tropes or he's he's applying them consciously you know just to kind of so if, if you've never read the book and spoil we're going to spoil but Spoiler, yeah, so major spoilers so I think, yeah. if, if if you don't want spoilers go away we'll listen to another <laughs> podcast uh, but we'd love you to stick around for this yeah. <laughs> um, so essentially it follows the Trajectory of an '80s action move You know, he he goes through these trials. He fights the evil corporation. He he gets the girl, but which really the girl is just a trophy, essentially. to uh, has no. no personality of her own. Uh, just think of of uh, the is it John Bender from from um, uh, Breakfast Club with the hand oh, raised, like like, uh, a, like a Black Panther type uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just think of that's that's the main character Wade Watts, which. <laughs> the alliteration is like Peter Parker. So. Yeah, is. and they so actually they actually comment on that in yeah. the book. Yes, which was incredible. which uh, they, they do that a lot on things. They they hang so many lampshades on things; it's it's crazy. But uh, that's what I picture Wade Watts just at the end, like his fist raised as he's walking off. I would say the football field, but Ernest Klein <laughs> has like a pathological dislike for sports. Yeah, yeah. so the arcade, I guess. Yeah, right. I guess it would be a digital avatar. yeah, But not the movie one, because that one's super creepy. Yeah, Um, (laughs) true. But, uh, yeah, so basically it follows kind of the, the, I guess, plot structure of an 80s action movie. He gets the girl, everything's fine, you know. Um, No more examination beyond that. Right. Um, Which, kind of digressing for a second, if you've ever seen the show Cobra Kai... Um, Ooh, I have not actually so, heard good things. So it's it's good. It's, yeah. it's it's weirdly it gets weirdly real for a show about two middle aged men doing karate. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> but uh, um, they they kind of examine the main character. Um, oh my gosh! I always want to I always want to call him William Zabka, but that's not his <laughs> actual name. The character played by William Zabka. Uh, they kind of look at the karate kid from like is it Johnny Lawrence. I think it's Johnny Lawrence. His perspective, like you know. Daniel Larusso just kind of like rolls in, like harasses Johnny Johnny Lawrence, and like steals his girlfriend. And it's you know it's kind of this more reexamination of, huh? Maybe that was you know maybe these stories have two different sides. And Ralph okay. Macchio is not just the plucky underdog. And, okay. Uh, yeah, this book doesn't do that. No. This is this this is the Karate Kid <laughs> of of books. It's just good is good, bad is bad. You get the girl. Roll credits. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah yeah so i think that's it. so basically the story li- and, and there's mcguffins yes so we assume you story. also know the story at this point, right so yeah you probably have either read the book or watched the movies i mean they're i mean a spielberg directed movie i mean it's it's a phenomenon i would it's, it's say good. like yeah. it's very um I'm, would you oh, okay here's a question before we get going would you recommend for people to read these books Honestly, despite the many problems I have with them, I probably would. I think I would too. It's it's kind yes. of like how Twilight got a bunch of, you know, bunch of, you know, bunch of blowback, but truthfully, like if you're just in the mood for some fun books that include right. a bunch of like, hey, I know that references and you're not expecting something like you, you're if you're not expecting anything new from the plot it's it's just it's a fun popcorn action read just don't think about i think the popcorn like we've talked in our podcast a lot about like popcorn movies and this is for sure a popcorn book like i've read this i've read the first book twice the first time i was like i think i was just dazzled i was just like what a what a cool world yeah i'm sure i'd love to spend my time just like consuming every bit of like 80s nostalgia, like any kind of media, like... Although it almost feels like at some point somebody told the author, this is never gonna matter. It's like, ha, ah, I'll show you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm gonna create this whole world where that's the only thing that matters. <laughs> where it's based on only that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, so I don't... You know, okay, the second time I read this book, read the first one, in preparation for the second one, which just came out Two weeks ago? Yeah, on the uh-huh. 20... Wow, that echoed. The 24th <laughs> of November. Okay, right? yeah. It's so it hasn't been out too long. I wonder what the holds list is like. Uh, let's, let's find, find out. out. We'll find out. Um, uh, but I read it the second time, and you know, Nicholas and I had kind of talked about it before, and I, I picked up on some of the problematic issues the first read, but by the second read, the, the dazzle had worn off slightly, but it was still like, <sighs> I'm conflicted, but it's a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah. You know, if you don't think too deeply about anything, if you're not looking for well-written characters or any type of meaning other than, Although, hey, this is fun. 47 holds on 20 copies, so it's That's actually... not uh, too bad, uh, It's definitely not the phenomenon that the first one was. Right. I wonder if some of the... Uh, a lot of the advanced publicity for Ready Player 2... Our reviews did not seem stellar. I don't know. I feel like at this point, though, if you liked Ready Player One, you're going to like Ready Player Two. Yeah. I think it's just, it's not the same. Well, I mean, and Ready Player One actually was published, I believe, in 2011. 11, which is interesting, actually. It took a couple of years to become, like, a phenomenon. Right. Because the movie was, was that 2014? I want to say it was... Let's look that up. I want to say it was actually newer than that. 2018, that's what I Whoa, thought. Okay. yeah, but That's, I that's what I thought. So Wow, so that did, that's, yeah, seven years between yes. and the movie was, we would looked that up the other day. It was a pretty, I mean, a relative success, right? Yeah, it made more than half a million dollars. Yeah. And I mean, truthfully, I, I will give the movie some credit. There's a lot of scenes in the book that would be, like, super boring to watch, like, so where one of the first tests to, that Wade Watts' character Parzival, which I feel like is some sort of reference. I just don't don't have the energy to parse <laughs> where it is from. I'm sure it's from the 80s. Um, yeah. it, at first glance, you're like, like oh, like, you know, Arthur and, you know, King Arthur, Holy Grail type thing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I is, think it's Purse, yeah. Is, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's not reaching that far back. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> You know, his character, basically, the first challenge is him playing this, like, is fighting his way through a recreation of a Dungeons & Dragons campaign module from the 80s, and then playing an 80s arcade game against an undead sorcerer, right. which I, I just have this image of them hunched over this little arcade, you know, <laughs> pew 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 pew, <laughs> which uh, obviously, and it's Joust, which if, if, you, if you've ever played Joust, it's uh, two riders on ostriches trying to unseat each other. And there's these, like, very painfully average graphics, even okay. for the 90s. So, super boring to watch, but they essentially re- replace that in the movie with a death race, which is actually pretty legit. I did not realize. Oh, see, I yeah. haven't watched the movie since um, it came out. Okay, interesting. The second challenge is a recreation of the movie War Games, okay. kind of played where, where you're essentially inserted as the main character, um, and you get points for, like... Remembering the lines, saying them exactly as he said right. them, you know, like kind of the more you memorized about this movie, the better it is. Right. Um, and and then our character Wade Watts has an encyclopedic knowledge of. He remembers literally every single line, almost. Which interestingly actually gets um, kind of taken down in the second. Yeah, true. He, he does true. mention that they kind of like give him. You know give him some uh, some backlash over him not necessarily remembering certain things so it's it's like vicariously nice to see him taking down a peg yeah. but in this in the first one he's he's uh oh my gosh and they called them gunters people who are hunting yeah. for 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 the egg for <laughs> the the um the secret of of uh, uh, this holiday yeah. yeah so um, Halliday created the oasis this like yeah I feel like we probably should summarize the plot because yeah. now that I'm saying all these things they make it's like zero like, <laughs> Okay. So like all these words right? <laughs> like, hunter, <what? laughs> yeah. so so ba- basic basic plot. Uh, the world is in chaos. Uh, there is a an artificial VR network called the Oasis Everybody does everything in there. You you know, in the words of Eminem, you lose yourself, yeah. as it were. Um, you have like a headset. It's yeah. like a haptic thing. It literally just looks like a like any virtual reality right. headset. Um, you have gloves, I think. Yeah, if, if you're poor, you have gloves. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're rich, you have the whole suit. Right. Um, but uh, so Wade goes in there. There's ever since the Oasis was created by its founder, James Halliday, who is like a combination of Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and Shigeru Miyamoto and all the people, yeah. um, he hid an Easter egg in there that would leave... I believe it's his fortune. I think it's fortune and control, in of, control the Oasis, of the Oasis. Yeah. Um, because why wouldn't you want to leave control of that to... To some s- random. Yeah, to some <laughs> random. Uh, That's great gaming skills. Yeah. yeah. Th- yeah skills sense. with a Z. Yeah. Um, elite <laughs> gaming skills. Um, but he he left, you know, essentially all these clues to follow that rely on knowledge of, of his very specific 80s form of nostalgia, which is mostly science fiction, video games... Um, all very stereotypical kind of 80s nerd stuff. Yeah, um, John yeah. Hughes movies is another one. Right. Um, and, and, you know, the, the main character, Wade Watts, um, is, is kind of opposed at every turn by, by, uh, this giant corporation called... Uh, I forget the... Innovative Industries, yes. Inc., ILI. I want to say. IOI, yeah. IOI, yeah. um, called the Sixers. Which they... Ex- yeah, they explain, I guess, it's because every avatar, their username starts with a six. Yeah, so, yeah. So... Essentially, Wade, you know, gathers his motley crew, his, his party, as uh, which I think they refer to themselves that way in the second one. Yeah. Um, and he goes through... Finds the Easter eggs, you know, essentially wins the I guess wins the wins the game, wins the girl. Uh, one of those characters actually gets super murdered in real life. Right. Um, because yep. at this point IOI is basically just like, I think they drone bomb them. I think they, yes. Um, yeah. And yeah, the United States government is just like completely just bankrupt. I think they hang out in like Cleveland, somewhere yes, like that. It's yes, like super right. Yeah. You're right yeah. Um it's a very dystopian world like the real world but it's really hard to pick up on it because it's mentioned i mean it's mentioned relatively frequently but it's everything is like through this like rose-tinted glasses of the oasis, so it's like, you kind of don't even think. It's like, wow, this world is really... I want to read the fan fiction on how it became that way. Right. That's, it's going to probably be a more story, to be honest. <laughs> um, but, fun fact, the people who hunt the eggs are called gunters, yeah. which he may explain, but <laughs> I, I can't remember. So, so, I can't either. So, back to the, you know, after all this explanation for the word gunter, um yeah he, they end up replacing the recreation of war games with a like this really good recreation of the movie of Stanley Kubrick's The Shining yeah um and i guess they did a ton of research for like they recreated like the the what was it the overlook, overlook the yeah. overlook hotel and it looks like Amazing. Yeah, it was really cool actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't realize that. Uh The Shining was released in nineteen eighty. I was like, it's throwing off the whole thing. I thought that was a like late 70s movie. (laughs) Okay. Of course not. (laughs) Only 80s. Right. Although that 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 changes in the second one, I think. True. Yeah, there's some nineties in there. Yeah. Maybe some late (laughs) seventies. Right. But uh yeah, so I will say the uh the the movie I enjoyed I think more than the book. I think it's aged a little better. The, the CGI though is, yeah, yeah. It's, especially it's, for in 2018 too. It's. Yeah. I remember even at the time looking at it, be like, ugh, yeah, this <laughs> like, it doesn't look like it's good. The people, the, they, they kind of give them like an anime look where they have like these big eyes, and I'm like, I'm like literally just put the the main characters in the in the thing, yeah. Like, Which is kind of, I mean, you can like. Apparently you can change your avatar and you can be anything but a lot of people do just but they don't they're just regular selves. Yeah. Just and get their avatar all is. our main characters are right uh, and actually in the plot and the in the book um, his mate his like his bro his buddy H yeah. or Ak, I yeah. think they, they pronounce it H and it's spelled A-E-C-H in the book. Yeah, and um, and I think in the movie they pronounce it H. But in the in the book, um, you think it's just kind of, you know, this generic white 80s guy. Like, he's, he's basically just Wade Watts again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but then you find out at the end, it's an uh, African-American female. She kind of has this backstory that her mother tried to start a business, but it didn't really take off until her mother portrayed herself as kind of this, this white American male, um, you know, to kind of get ahead. And, and right. it's kind of this fascinating, I guess, commentary on... You know, it's this, this line about, you know, you might you might have to pretend to be somebody else to do well in in the, uh, you know, kind of virtual reality. The movie does away with that completely, and you know who she is right away. Yeah. So yeah. no reason to make them look different. And in the book, uh, especially once we get to talking about Ready Player Two, there are so many little things that are thrown out that's like, okay, that's a fascinating, yeah. like, commentary on, on current society as well. And just, like, society, like, you should explore that. Never explored. It, like to to, to Ernest Klein, I feel like mentioning something is the exact same as exploring <laughs> it, and it's just like, uh... and, and it's one of like like Neil Stevenson wrote, you know, kind of something dealing with like virtual people in virtual reality called uh, The Fall or Dodge in Hell, and that that's that's like a thousand page exploration of the same thing Ernest Klein says in like three sentences. <laughs> yeah, right. So. You know, right. But now back to the video game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we got to have the sweet, sweet '80s references. Right. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> uh Okay. So that's that's Ready Player One, basically. Yeah. If, if you don't know about Ready Player One at this point, like, eh, I mean, yeah. it's been out ten years. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, so the the one that I, I find just. Incre- All right, so I finished <laughs> this book about uh, two hours ago. I finished this book about the day, <laughs> and just I just turned, I just turned around to Nicholas, and I was just like, "What?" what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still so conflicted, and I'm probably going to work through that in real time during this conversation. <laughs> so, uh, so it's like podcast therapy. It's like podcast therapy. So thank you for listening in and, and, and helping me get through <laughs> like, this. Like and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so basically the plot of uh, Ready Player Two is this plot yeah, of Ready Player One. identical to Ready Player One, except instead of three Easter eggs, there, there, there are was- seven shards. Oh yeah, because they really only go into three of them in detail. Right. 'Cause one was was it one one was found. Right. I literally forgot there were seven. <laughs> there were seven Well and then like you get the first six and you just put them until like you get a clue every time you get a shard. Sure. So you get the sixth shard and it's like, hey, go here and you go there and you just put the six shards into this thing and the seventh one pops out. Yeah, which seems yeah. it's like did, did you just did you run out of like I, I like, feel like oh, the, whatever I'm a I, deadline I feel like what and it's James Halliday no is it James Halliday again this time I think uh, it is it's cause I know well okay so James Halliday and then Ogden Mora. Mora. Who's, who's like his Wozniak basically right, right. Um, they co-created it, and then there was Kira I uh, forget her last did name did he ever give her a last name <laughs> I feel like I think no, he actually that, did that would that but, uh, would be that would track um, <laughs> Kira Kira it started with the teeth. Uh, I'm gonna look this up. Yeah. I'm gonna look this up because I know it becomes cure because she marries she marries Ogden Morrow, which makes James Halliday insanely jealous. Right, and, and like a uh, I don't know, like a stalker in an '80s movie. I yeah, guess. it's very uncomfortable and um, and. Uh, there's so much in this one. Although I will say he makes he does seem to make an effort to actually kind of examine the fact that like hey maybe nostalgia's not always great because essentially the villain of Ready Player Two is a corrupted digital version of James Halliday, right? Like his avatar named Anorak. Um, so it's it's like evil James. It's like mirror. Version James Halliday, and how is there not a Star Trek Next Generation reference in any of this? I literally just realized that. That is insane to me. How? Uh, how? Wow, you're exactly right. <laughs> how is there not a sim recreation of that in there? Yeah, the Holodack, like, come on. Wow. And in the second book, they went to, um, well, the first age of. Under, no, it's not Underwood. Sorry. It's like, th- is it? I Underwood? think it starts with a th. Maybe Ogden. It's Underwood. Karen Underwood. Yeah, yes. Okay. Well, I'm totally, totally off. Where the th comes from? Oh, yeah. Oh, and according to the wiki, which you know, eh, give it, give <laughs> it a, I don't know, as much uh, preference as you want. But uh, she changed her name from Karen to Kira after seeing the yes. dark crystal. So that's right. That okay. seems accurate. That that tracks. Um, uh, but yeah, so basically it's. So the seven shards. I totally forgot that. Create <laughs> the soul of Kira. They do. Because <laughs> Anna. Anor- because James Halliday's corrupted avatar. <laughs> and I swear we're not making it. Well, this is all real. It's actually hard to say because it's just. <laughs> it's insane. It's like. Uh, he's trying to get them to create her. Okay, so we got to go back a little. Okay. All right, there's a new, like. So, okay. So hard okay. Even. All right. right go ahead, all right. All right. I think I can say <laughs> this, this is without me. Up. Okay. So, the Ready Player Two takes place like just super quick after Ready Player One. Yeah. Minutes later. Yeah. So one of James Halliday's inventions that he didn't want to release to the world for fear it could become super addictive uh, was basically a. I don't know I, I always call it The Brain Scorpion Or The Brain Spider So <laughs> yeah. it basically Is an advanced That's perfect And they call it The Oni O-N-I yeah. um, Which is Japanese for demons So yeah. Subtle Ernest Klein. Um <laughs> So you stick it On your face And it like Taps into your It's spine Or whatever it does It's super creepy Yeah Um which, if you've ever seen anything like sword art online or anything like that, don't do this. <laughs> like, you should know that already. <laughs> yeah. If you've read any science paper, <laughs> Right. Never. Ever. Yeah. Uh. Um, so it essentially makes the Oasis, like, you used to have to wear gloves, you used to have to put on, like, f- weird full-body haptic suits that started to smell after, like, three hours That's and, right. you know, doing whatever. Uh, but this taps directly into your, I don't know, your brain. So instead of, like looking like a like a weirdo kind of running on an omnidirectional treadmill, which I'm doing the <laughs> run in motion right now, but you can't see it. Um, you know, your brain, it, it would essentially be like you're sleeping. Your brain right. You lie there inert, and your brain kind of, you know, does its thing. Uh, it actually puts you into a coma. It does, I yes. They, like a they, minute, they, they, like, yeah. Because after that, they come out with, uh, there becomes a market for, like, these secure vaults, right. essentially, so nobody can, like... It'll rob you while you're inside right. the right right so you know that whole thing comes out um uh and essentially Anorak's plan is he traps people in there by um you know for not not allowing them to log off of the ONI yeah. if you don't have the ONI you're still good right you're still uh, living life <laughs> yeah, you're, you're still you're still awesome because uh Kira very specifically does not want to use the ONI so she has just one of the old kind of like an oculus rift style yeah. one so she pull it on and off at any time which yeah. is seems like cheating in this case <laughs> yeah. um but uh yeah so that's that's kind of that that's the new and addictive version of the uh yeah Oasis. Oh, and you you can feel like since it is directly tapped yes, into your brain, it's it's like you're everything. actually living there, yeah. So, which comes into play a, a little lot bit later in a creepy way, in a very creepy it's way, so which I, creepy. I don't know what to to do with. Yeah, yeah. So it, essentially, <laughs> it, when it does that, it scans it scans somebody's brain and creates a perfect yeah. like. Brain mold of them yeah, and a UBS user brain scan. Oh, yeah. Uh, dot, yeah dot UBS file, yeah. like a dot exe file, <laughs> which thing. I love. But we, I, know, right? yeah. I, I love the, uh, the uh, very specific part of that, <laughs> but um, essentially, it, it creates like an immortal copy of you, whether you want that, or whether you want to or not. So, right. if you die and somebody wants to bring you back. You you kind of don't have a choice. And you have no choice. Um, and remember, the person who can decide whether or not to bring you back is none other than our air quotes hero, right. Wade Watts, who who in this book spends the almost the entire time um, abusing his powers <laughs> yeah. as the as the creator of the Oasis. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> so he yeah. he basically spies on people. He looks at everyone's private information. Anyone who gives anyone who like. You know, <laughs> talks negatively about him and, and just like per he'll, he'll just like show up even <laughs> even in some place where they can't do like player versus player combat he will straight up just show up murder that person right. and then just like taunt them right essentially and then maybe just steals them out. their stuff yeah. i can't remember like cuz when you die in there like your avatar dies all your stuff is dropped i think he steals it <laughs> he does he does cuz at one point he he talks about how he's got, like, <laughs> all this stuff I forgot about. Yeah, you're right. He's got, like, I've got more than I know what to do with. Yeah. All so, looted off people I, I've murdered. It, I think Ernest client. so it's, he's actually very similar to the corrupted clone, or, well, corrupted AI. What, yeah, they, and they um, don't ever explore that. They don't at all. You have to, which it's it's not even one of those things where it's like, oh, I'm going to leave that up to the reader to like. It's like no, you just just never explore. Yeah, I didn't even think of why it is. Yeah, it's it's uh, <sighs> it's insane. And and the oasis is so vital to the well. One of the other things James Halliday did was essentially he left the big red button that could like shut down the right. oasis permanently, um, which was a little bit of a plot point in the first book because they didn't want to get. You know, they didn't want the Sixers to get their hands on that. but uh, So you're, you're giving that the ability to shut down the world's economy right. in the hands of Wade Watts, who has already proven he cannot handle any criticism. <laughs> yes. um, so at one point, he does threaten to shut it down just to spite Anorak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I vaguely wrote I don't know if Anorak basically said you'll murder everybody in here. Right. There was like 500 million yeah. people, right, that like that I, are trapped into the simulation. I, and I can't remember if it, because Anorak basically said if you try to force log them out, they die. Right. Yeah. Um, if, so if you try to remove the brain scorpion, they die. Yeah. You, know, you can only stay in there for 12 hours 12 before hours. you have like, I don't know. I think you have like some kind of shock. Yeah. You have like some sort of seizure and you basically just like go, not brain dead, but it's like having cumulative strokes where you just kind of start to lose your, your faculties. Right. And, uh, so Wade is basically willing to, you know, play with all of these people's lives in order to stop this, stop this, uh, this computer being thing. Right. So, uh, <laughs> this is all real. I mean, well, in the book, well, I mean, yeah. it's it's this, this is all to legit plot are, points. Yeah, this this happened. This is something somebody wrote. So Other people at So anyway, well, uh, a lot of stuff happens. So the thing that gets me, and I brought this up to Nicholas. So at the very end, obviously huge spoilers. Um, they win. You know, yeah. Wade wins, and blah, blah 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 blah. So he gets what is called the rod of resurrection. Creative. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I like the alliteration, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so the Rod of Resurrection it enables him, and him only, because he's the only Jeez. one that has this, uh, to resurrect anybody who has ever worn one of the ONI-like Head scorpion thing, I a mean, brain scorpion, scorpion. Um, it, because because they have had a scan taken of their brain, the dot UBS, the point. dot UBS. you will have to wonder how big <laughs> is that, like. right? What's a human brain? Like? Where do you store that? Uh, um, so anybody who has worn an O and I brain scorpion can be resurrected, <laughs> can be resurrected and live forever as a virtual. And it's, and, and it, he actually does that. So there's like a, a thing where he wants to send off this spaceship to another planet to, yeah. to, because Earth is welly and truly broken. And, yeah. and he sends off a brain scan essentially of himself and, <laughs> and, um, his friend. Artemis. Yeah his, yeah. his love interest that mysteriously comes back to him. Right. But, uh, I mean, it's, on one hand, it's kind of like, well, they don't need food or provision, so it's kind of smart. But then on the other hand, if you think about it, Uh, What if you don't... It's not even what if you die and don't want to be resurrected. What if you're still alive and somebody creates another copy of you? Yes. Like, just legally, what does that do, first of all? Um, I mean, that gets to the issues of consent as well. Right. But the most terrifying part, though... So the the implication that only Wade Watts can resurrect you. We've already seen how, what he does with people he does not like. Right. So Wade Watts could choose to leave you well and truly dead yeah. forever. <laughs> <laughs> and he alone has that power. Yeah. Uh, it's, so so and, he is God and he, in this universe. And apparently during the, uh, the whole of Ready Player <laughs> Two, he's learned... Uh, he's learned that I, I need to be better with my power. And then he mutters <laughs> the words... Um, Death has no (laughs) dominion over any of us anymore because we can just resurrect everybody and live forever, and we're going to change humanity, and life is great. Literally, I think I've heard a supervillain say that. (laughs) Maybe Cobra Commander? (laughs) G.I. Joe? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, okay, now, if Ernest Klein writes, like, a, a companion book... And he's like, oh, yeah, actually, Wade Watts passed, is like know. the actual like <clears throat> evil. He's the bad guy. And like, okay, props, props to you, Ernest. But I, it's like the uh, you know, if, if you either what is what's the Batman quote? You either die young or live long enough to see yourself some, become the villain yeah. type thing. Yeah. Also, there are very few superhero references in this book, yes. except for the Wakandan. Oh my gosh, what was yeah. the thing that H started? Yes. The Wakandan. Um, it was some kind of initiative. Yeah, I want to say peace, but it was like a hunger thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm kind of like, I, I don't think in the future anyone's really going to, like, get that. I, I don't know. I guess, you know, it, it would be like, I don't know, Herbert Hoover <laughs> starting the, you know, Tin Tin Initiative for Hunger Prevention. <laughs> like, you know, who, who does that? Yeah, right. yeah <laughs> uh. Uh, there are a lot of... Th- that being said, for sure read it. If you read the first one, definitely read the second one because I, I would like to talk with you as well. So, so, so we spent all this time bagging this book because it's fun. But in, in, genuinely, I actually enjoyed it. Um, I did too. One yeah. of the things that I actually did really like is he, he does vary up his references. Like, um Again, I didn't remember that there were seven shards. I literally forgot that. Uh, but there was a each of the three sh- the three shards that they devoted. There's there's three big shards that they devoted chapters to, like a lot of chapters. One of them was uh, John Hughes' world, yeah, um, which was fast. I did not realize John Hughes had directed. S- yeah, like he wrote I, a lot. Wow, I'm kind of blew me away actually. Um, yeah, which actually. For interesting John Hughes trivia, um, I don't know if we have the book. Um, let me see, but it's called. Uh, I think it's you couldn't ignore me if you tried. Uh, let me see. It's uh, it's basically a history of the Brat Pack. Um, oh, okay. so it's super interesting about kind of talks about like. Uh, their relationship with John Hughes—it doesn't look like we have it, unfortunately. Um, uh, but uh, it talks about kind of the the artist relationship with John Hughes and and that sort of thing. It's really good. Fascinating. Um, that was a good part of the book for sure. Yeah, that, you could kind of tell he was really in his element. There. Right. I was, yes. I was like, okay, it's expected, but it was still it was interesting, kind yeah. of. Um, you know, the the way he did it. Um, I will say you you do learn a lot about like 80s stuff from these books. Yeah, for um, sure. The second one was actually the what was it the Prince homework? Prince, one. yes, which was amazing. It did it did seem like he, he he didn't know as much about Prince. No, but you know that kind of tracked because Wade Watts apparently knew absolutely nothing about Prince, which either. actually gave one of his other characters a chance to shine. True. Too. So that that gave H a chance to kind of like teach him something right. and That's kind a good of point. upbraid him a lot for like. You know, hey, you need to listen to me because I know stuff. Right. Um, and then at the end, they fight seven princes. Yeah, from seven versions of prince, right. which was kind of awesome. And, and he's with start- Morse Day of the time on on Wade Watts' side, which yes. is incredible. And, he's, <laughs> and he, start, he starts off like he starts off telling. I think he starts off giving um, like names to to the prince let me see yeah. if i can find it because, yeah um, one was like well one was like the purple rain <laughs> prince. yeah Almost was like the the mesh mask and i think the prince planet was like the symbol right yeah wasn't it shaped like the prince it, symbol it which was. is cool. um but gosh what was it it was yeah he, he essentially gave all of them like more and more ridiculous names yeah. like Oh my gosh! Oh, and if you blasphemed or said anything negative about Prince, he a would, giant purple lightning bolt would strike you. Yes, he would you. strike you down, <laughs> it, like reduce you to like no health points, which was pretty awesome. That was I, hilarious. I actually did very much enjoy that. That, that. was funny. Um, let me see if I can find find the the Prince names. Yeah. Because um, it, it had the like the like Third Eye Girl, I think. Yes, uh, that was one of his more recent bands, if not his most recent. Um... So I did appreciate that. It was like, okay, you've you're you're branching out yeah, into they, you know. They did a ninja. Um, they did a, uh, um, I think it was an arcade game that was developed by a, a Japanese programmer. Oh that, yeah. That yeah, Artemis yeah, yeah. was like, you know, really really good at. So I was like, okay, you're at least yeah. you know, giving him kind of a chance to giving her a chance to chance to shine as well. Right. Oh my gosh. So yeah, they, they essentially fight Prince in an ar- Prince's in an arena, um, and then the last world was Lord of the Rings, which yeah. I was actually vaguely surprised that, which I was kind of like, okay, this is not a specifically '80s reference, but it was it was still a welcome change. Yeah, I thought that was I really actually liked that that world a lot, and it's. It just makes me think, like, because, okay, that world was set in the first age of Lord of the Rings, whereas, like, The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings are in the third age, apparently. Yeah. Uh, And it makes me be like, whoa, I can't wait for... Is it HBO where they're doing that, like... I think that's set in the second age. I'm like, there's so much, like, cool stuff from, like, way in the past. found the prince's names. Okay. Okay. So we have Purple Rain Prince, which, you know, sure. Um, Let's see. There was... Uh, Cloud Suit Prince, yeah. which was which was pretty awesome. Um, there was Get Off Prince, G E T T Off Prince. I don't know. He was dressed in yellow, tight fitting lace. Yeah. So um, let's was there one that had a mask? Yup, the mesh mask. There was uh, mm-hmm. there was one that uh, H referred to as Gemini. Showed up. one of the other guys. Called him Party Man. Uh, the image recognition software's best guess, according to Wade Watts, was Bat-Dance Prince, <laughs> which actually was pretty funny. Oh, because he was like half... He was like Two-Face, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you got Microphone Gun Prince, yeah. um, who, was, who was super fun. Uh, Third Eye Prince. Yeah. Um, Mesh Mask Prince, yes. Yeah. So I loved uh, Bat-Dance and Microphone Gun Prince. Yeah, and I forgot that Prince did the entire soundtrack to uh, the original Batman, yeah, with uh, yeah, the uh, Tim Burton Batman. Yeah, which, which s- tracks now. Seems but I'm right, Thinking back yeah. on it, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was uh, yeah. So it was actually. Uh, I think my first clue that something was a little different was when he referenced the movie Heat, and I yeah, was like, true. "Whoa, oh, that's 90s. crazy! <laughs> what? <laughs> N- not a science fiction movie? What is this? <laughs> yeah. Which again, also no Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah. Which is, how did I miss that until <laughs> That's true. Uh, But yeah So yeah We've kind of ripped There are some glaring Philosophical And Just don't think about it Very problematic aspects Of these books But Honestly if you're in the mood Like Science fiction Kind of has this problem With being a little too Inaccessible In a lot of ways Like it's so if if you just want a fun popcorn read, definitely for check sure. out Ready Player One and two. They're actually pretty fun books. Because you read the the second one in a day, I did. You said I read the when I when I got going on the second one, I read it in probably a day and a half, it's, two days. Yeah, it's I mean it's a quick read. It's, it it's, is. It's uh yeah, it's definitely a, a fun read. Just don't try to attach any meaning. To it. Right. <laughs> That's really. But if, if you're just looking for something to enjoy, definitely, definitely read it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a it's a quick read. It's a it's a fun read. If you like the first one, you'll love the second one for sure. And we've got copies here at the library. You got copies on Overdrive and Libby. I'm sure. Oh, so yeah. I think we've we've even got large print copies. And, yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, cool. If you listen to the audiobook, it's actually narrated by Will Wheaton. Oh, which is um, which is that tracks? Yeah. It's he, awesome. He he actually is exactly what I think Wade Watts would sound like. <laughs> yeah. um, he captures the spirit of Wade Watts. Um, but yeah, that's so. I guess that's the Star Trek reference. Yeah, is yes, Will, Wheaton? Will Wheaton is very, very <laughs> he the, meta. He is the reference. <laughs> in a way, it's like that's the real world, and then you know he's reading it, so that's in the Oasis. Is that what he was? I don't know. In the Ooh. in the first one, they mentioned that Will Wheaton was nominated or was elected, like I don't know. I don't want to say mayor of the Oasis, right. but like a king, leader of the council, yes, whatever. think <laughs> so. Uh, all high. Oh, I think it was the leader of like the governing council. Yeah. Like, it wasn't anything insane. Yeah, and he did a great job apparently. Yes. so and Will Wheaton. G- good job, Will Wheaton. Good job, Will Wheaton, Right. <laughs> if you hear this, Will Wheaton. Good job running the Oasis. <laughs> and also Ernest Klein, if you're listening, we we you know we, we appreciate you <laughs> we, what you're doing. We do. We, if you no. are listening, Ernest Klein, <laughs> we genuinely enjoy. We, we we do genuinely enjoy your Yeah, books. and you have sparked a conversation and a lot of things that I will think about. For quite a while. Yes, so probably way, while I'm reading this book for the third or fourth time. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, awesome. Well, I think that's, that pretty much covers it. Uh, we could probably talk for hours about this. And, and we 100% will. 100% could. And we will. They just won't be there here to hear it. It won't be. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, thank you all so much for tuning in. And uh, make sure to like and subscribe. And check out the rest of the Self-Logic podcast. There's all kinds of cool stuff. I love it myself. Yes, uh, so... Thanks for stopping by, and uh, I don't know, we don't have a cool catchphrase to sign. I know, up, next time we will. Uh, eh. We should just copy, an, actually, if we just copied an 80s catchphrase right now, it would totally fit uh, with the, I don't know what uh, one By the was. power of Grayskull? There we go. <laughs> that works. Uh, anything from Voltron? yeah, hey, uh, yeah. Which I actually... D- does he compare the crystal forming to Voltron? Yes, he does. Okay, yeah. Yep. So okay. there's that reference. I, okay. I mean, I can't, I can't knock him on that because I've compared a lot of things to Voltron. <laughs> I've used Voltron as a verb, v- verb before. Yeah. So, by the power of Grey Skull, we sign off. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at mcldaz.